Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We have some great news to talk about today. We have a Texas linebacker getting, quote-unquote, arrested. He didn't get fucking arrested. Herm Edwards getting fired. Iowa knowing how to score, and a whole lot more. We suck at picks, so stick around. Check it out. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed students. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well. Thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's gonna go eight four this year. Half those kids are gonna transfer. Are you sure? We're back, Kieran. And how are you doing today, Pat? I'm doing great. It's been a wonderful week of weekend of college football uh penn state won hugely happy with that uh and uh yeah so it's it's all looking up it's all looking up kevin that's fair you know who it's not looking up for right now auburn fans and the school of auburn uh yes that is correct (laughs) they are currently in shambles their fans are trying to figure out who to hire some of them want uh deon sanders some of them want urban meyer and they can outpay anyone, according to Auburn fans. They're probably going to end up with Herm fucking Edwards now that he's looking for a job after losing to Eastern Michigan this past weekend and in the midst of an NCAA investigation for academic violations. He was met by the AD and the school president in the end zone after the game and was relieved of duties. Kiernan, what what are your thoughts on this? Uh, first of all, could you literally have done it at a worse possible time? I mean, maybe halftime would have been worse and then asked, asked him to like, Oh, can you coach out the rest of this game? But meeting him at the end zone and being released like that has to be awful. I mean, it has to be really, really terrible. And like, you couldn't have waited until Sunday and just shot him a quick email or, a, you know, hey, you're going to need to pack your shit. Or even Monday, you know, Monday's already a terrible day going back to the office. You could just say, hey, look, you don't have to have a terrible Monday coming back here. So just leave. That would have been far more dignified. And 
I don't think – I mean, Herm Edwards is a good coach. I think, like, historically he's a good coach. He did win well in the NFL. I think with all of kind of the – not the craziness with the um, – with the uh, NCAA violations, but just in general, I think he should land on his feet somewhere uh, where will yet to be seen, but I think he's fine. I think he should be fine. I already said Auburn, Alabama. So we're like, uh, also, I do like your point though, about, Hey, Mondays suck. So we're doing you a favor. Like, Hey, yeah. Herm, you know, you've been working hard. Why don't you just take a long weekend? Like an <laughs> extra long weekend. Yeah. And, and just don't come back to the office. I, I do think the only worst place they could have done this was in the end zone after a road game. Oh, Give them yeah. the old Lane Kiffin treatment. Like, hey, Lane, nice job out there. Figure out your own way home. You're not working for us anymore. Yeah, that would be rough. That would have been incredible. But also, I I understand the NCAA investigation is a problem. They want to kind of get rid of that regime and the losing. If he was winning, fine. Arizona State, though, didn't have to fire him because this is the most we've spoken about Arizona State probably in the history of this podcast. Yeah. Nobody thinks about them when it comes to football, so they could have just been mediocre for the rest of time and nobody would have cared. Their fans don't expect them to compete for the Pac-12, let alone a national championship. Yeah, no one would even notice. They'd just be like, oh, yeah, I forgot Herm Edwards was still coaching. How's he doing? Oh, I thought six- that when I when I saw they fired him. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. You're just like, oh shit, I kind of forgot about that. It's like, oh, that's good for her. Well, not good for him anymore. But I didn't know he was still coaching there. I thought they got rid of him like a year ago. <laughs> exactly. Damn. Also, if anyone thinks we're being mean to Herm Edwards, making jokes about him losing his job, he's getting about ten million dollars in a buyout. So yeah, if we're... anything we say hurts your feelings, Herm, you can just wipe your tears away with fucking stacks yeah it's really not that bad when you're walking around with a check for 10 million dollars you can cry about that on your flight to uh san jose which is i think where he was spotted recently do you see that i did not yeah it was uh on monday morning he was spotted heading or flight well the quote was flying commercial uh to san jose so moves moves to san jose state I don't know. San Jose State's not doing too bad. I don't know why they'd fire their coach, but whatever. I I feel like this is the kind like this is like the Nebraska thing. Like, yeah, their coach is pretty good, but they perceive it as an upgrade, so they're just gonna fire him. So, plus, also, I mean, flying commercial. You you love to see a frugal guy. He knows he might be out of a job for a bit. He's trying to save that ten million, that nine point four million dollars, and make it count. He's probably gonna go ordering off the dollar menu for a while. Uh, might get a studio apartment somewhere in, I don't know, Nebraska. Ooh, Ooh. Herm to Nebraska. Yes. I was Herm just to Nebraska. For- Herm to Nebraska and Urban Meyer to Auburn. Let the chaos ensue. Uh, I don't want Urban Meyer and Auburn. Actually, oh, yeah, that's no, a good point. Hilarious. Actually, that would actually be intimidating for you. Uh, no, actually, I would love that. I think Ur- good old Herb point. has lost his touch. He's... He's kind of too focused on the co-eds. He's got that Ed Orgeron kind of thing going on with him right now. Uh, Speaking of Nebraska, they have released their top uh, head coaching candidates. Uh, Iowa State's Matt Campbell, Kansas's Lance Leopold, 
and Alabama offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. Please don't take Bill. He's such a good offensive coordinator. I could not lose him. I'd be sad. We might actually see what our Heisman winning quarterback can do when our uh, offensive coordinator is not the village idiot. It's we're going to watch someone else throw screens all game. Yeah, exactly. I think two of those potential hires kind of make sense. Honestly, Bill O'Brien wants to be a head coach. That's part of the reason Bill Belichick did not bring him to new England because he thought he would leave after a year to become a head coach. I don't know why anyone would fucking hire him to do that, but he, that was a concern. So Bill could do it. Lance Leopold has not been a great coach. So if he can get a big contract, he might just leave Kansas after a hot start. Why would Matt Campbell go to Nebraska? I understand it's historically a great program. Historically, the United Kingdom's a great empire. It doesn't mean they're fucking great now. It doesn't mean they ever will be great again. You could have troops on your doorstep, Kevin, and you would know nothing about it. Yeah, I could have British troops on my doorstep where they are not going to have fucking guns. Oh, no. What am I going to do? <laughs> it's also is like Britain is not I'm, at, I'm not going to get into geopolitics right yeah, now. Yeah, I was going to say we're venturing very close. <laughs> we talked about geopolitics when he had the Queen Lizzie Memorial episode. That's enough for one season. That and Lou Holtz being a communist spy. But <laughs> that was <laughs> I brought not, it up again. I brought it up again. I was able to bring it up again. <laughs> That's not venturing into geopolitics. That's just stating an objective. Fact. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, spe- but what what are your thoughts on those three? Do you think any of them are going to end up at Nebraska? Um, I don't the, really. I think realistically, the only one that could end up in Nebraska is Bill O'Brien because he wants to be a head coach, like you said. I think it makes the most sense. Like, I mean, he took over the Penn state job when nobody else was going to take over the Penn state job and, you know, props to him when, while he was there because he did a decent job under the restrictions and all the scholarships and, and, you know, nobody was going to play for them. Yada, yada, yada. But, um, I think Leopold is a decent choice in the sense that, He's it's going to be one of those. Hey, guys, I'm not leaving. Don't worry about anything. And then dips Monday morning. It's going to be one of those situations where he goes, calm down, quiet the hysterics. There's no need to worry about anything. But I'm also leaving. Uh (laughs) That's fair. I would actually love it if we have the first ever midseason coach leave a program to join another one and is coaching the next week. Oh, that would be, oh my God, the fucking heat that the, that the home team would throw is ridiculous. Yeah. Also, I don't know if that's too crazy. I have a bit of a take about Scott Frost, Kiernan, and I, I don't know if the world's ready for it. That's why we, we started this podcast, Kevin, for hot takes and garbage picks. Let's go. Scott Frost might be the greatest coach of all time. Oh, love it already. Let's get into it. He couldn't recruit. He wouldn't recruit. You had his assistant coaches going to the administration like, he's not doing shit. Please help us, which is unheard of. Allegedly, that's rep- rumors that are going around. But he was in a lot of games. Lost to Georgia Southern by three. Lost to Northwestern by three. He had like nine losses within one score games. First game, he's gone 49 to 14. 
He led UCF to an undefeated season. He might be the greatest X's and O's coach of all time. He just cannot evaluate talent and refuses to. Interesting. That's an interesting point. So if you if you think that if he brought in somebody who could recruit insanely well, like just, I mean, I don't want to say the Urban Myers and Nick Sabans because they don't necessarily do the recruiting specifically themselves, but like uh, their assistant Pete co- Golding. Pete Golding, perfect, very good recruiter. perfect example. If if Scott Frost and Pete Golding combined, do you think they would be the most unstoppable powerhouse that this nation has ever seen? Yes, I think they would take over the U.S. government in no less than three weeks. A hundred percent. They could get the bad power. They could draw the battle. Oh, it'd be beautiful. Uh, I am all in on Scott Frost going to Alabama now. I've decided. You put him with a recruiter like Pete Golding and the ability to say, hey, I fucking work for Nick Saban. You, you want to ring? You want to be a first-round pick? This is where you go. That Alabama team would put up 70 a game. Easily. If, especially if Bryce Young sticks around for a senior year for some reason, 70 a game with Scott Frost as the offensive coordinator. <laughs> Hell, with Jalen Milroe, we'll probably put up 65 a game. With Kevin, with Kevin, we'll probably put up 50 a game. Still a product, still an offensive powerhouse compared to Bill O'Brien. Exactly. I can't believe Bill O'Brien and his play calling has broken my brain so much. I have talked myself into Scott Frost. That's pretty bad, Kevin. That's really bad. Bill O'Brien, what have you done to me? Hold on a second. My question is now, we have a whole different avenue we're going down. Why was Bill O'Brien even hired? Like, did I miss something? Like, am I just an idiot? Like, is there literally no one else they could have picked? Uh, I think the concern might have been Nick Saban has spoken about how he wants continuity with his coordinators because it was a revolving door for a while, especially at the offensive coordinator position. You had Lane for a couple years, then you had Sark, then you had, and then you had to go into Bill O'Brien. So I think that's why that he was because nobody was hiring Bill O'Brien. Nobody should hire Bill O'Brien, honestly, and that's why he didn't fire Bill O'Brien after last season. Fair enough. Bryce Young won the Heisman in spite of Bill O'Brien, not because of. Oh, that's that's a really good point. Uh, Bryce Bryce Young should just like listen in on his headset or however they get the plays and just go and just go. Okay, Bill O'Brien said throw another screen, four verticals. Just go four. Ver- I will find one of you. Yeah, I mean, I the Cardinals tried it out in the NFL earlier in the or late in the preseason. Excuse me where they had Kyler Murray call plays. It was like a two-yard gain, a punt, and then another punt, I think. So I think Bill, I think Bryce Young would do better at it, so they should give that a try. Yeah, agreed. But also, we've talked about three coaches so far. Who gets a job first? Scott Frost, Herm Edwards, or Urban? I think if we were if we were to be in this or we were to ask this question last week, I think the answer would be um, Scott Frost, because I think with Auburn 
not in the crisis mode that I would assume they are in now, or at least semi-crisis mode, I think realistically there'd be no chance that Urban Meyer would even consider going to Nebraska. I think with, you know, the Auburn fans calling for their head coach's quite literal head, um, I think there's more of a realistic chance that Urban Meyer would go to Auburn. I, I don't know why I think that. I just, I have a feeling like that's something he'd do. Um, so my current guess is Urban Meyer, but if it was last week, it would be Scott Frost. I think it's still, still Scott Frost for one reason and one reason only. There, I don't think Brian Harson's getting fired midseason. That's fair. I think they'll wait till the offseason to try and cook up some other scheme to get him fired with cause so they don't have to pay another buyout. I think Scott Frost will take will take an offensive coordinator position. I don't think Urban will, and I don't think Herm will. So no. it might be in the same period, like it might be Scott Frost one week and then two weeks later, Urban gets a job. But I think Scott Frost will be first. That's fair. I think that's fair. Now, yeah. head coaching position, it's probably Urban Meyer. Yeah. That's not that's not a ridiculous statement either. So that makes sense. Yeah, I mean I I think so. You know who might be in the market for an offensive coordinator? Who? The Iowa Hawkeyes, who <laughs> seemingly remembered that the goal of football is to get the ball in the end zone. Uh it's been a rough couple weeks for them, hasn't it, Kevin? Yeah, Daddy Kirk probably put Brian in timeout until he learned how to call plays on offense. Iowa managed to cover the spread against Nevada, 27 to nothing. I mean, it it wasn't even like great offensive production, though. Caleb Johnson, seven carries, 103 yards, two touchdowns. That's good. That's a really good average. But their quarterback, 14 for 26, 175 and a touchdown. Spencer Petras, I don't know if he's just not that good. Or if, if like Bryce Young winning the Heisman in spite of Bill O'Brien, Iowa is scoring in spite of Brian Ferencz. <laughs> it's, it's just the same problem in the Big Ten. That's all it is. Iowa would be the great. You, know you know who should be Iowa's coordinator with score solo? Bill O'Brien. Uh <laughs> I think he'd really revolutionize that that team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, now that I think about it, that actually wouldn't be an all that bad scenario because I can see because I was really big on their tight ends and I could see them doing like trips right or trips left and then just sending a tight end tight end out to block or do a two tight end set where it's just screens and huge big men barreling down towards tiny D-backs crushing their spirits. Actually, that makes perfect sense. Why doesn't Bill O'Brien go to Iowa? This would work out flawlessly. I have just solved Iowa's offensive coordinatorship. That's it. They're done. They can they can win the championship. <laughs> I, I think the only reason Bill O'Brien wouldn't go to Iowa is he's that is a step down from Alabama currently. Well, yeah, fucking anything is a step down from Alabama the fuck you getting at no to be an offensive coordinator like a head coach at be, iowa being a water boy at fucking alabama is better than an offensive coordinator at iowa all right <laughs> like cut the shit kevin yeah but like i 
but if he if they fire Kirk and he gets the head coach offer, that is a step up. Uh, yeah, I guess. But yeah, I, I think saying that's a step down for Alabama could be said about a lot of things. So. <laughs> Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. Uh, jeez. Oh, you want to talk about players getting arrested? Yes. Uh, Texas linebacker DeMarvian Overshone was arrested, quote-unquote, for marijuana in July, I believe it was. And the initial report is he had two ounces, I believe is the amount. I'm saying believe a lot, like I don't know the surfing. Two ounces of marijuana in Van Zant County, Texas. Uh, originally reported he was arrested and booked. He was not arrested. He He was pulled over, stopped. Got a misdemeanor and was settled pre-trial intervention. So he did not spend any time in jail. Now, this punishment was also issued and reported by a judge who is a Texas Tech graduate. Do you know who Texas is playing this weekend? Texas Tech. Yeah. A uh, little fishy. little fishy. Extremely is the answer, Kevin. I did also want to point out the person who initially reported on it, Chris Hummer, hilarious last name, uh, from 247, did reach out to DeMarvian and said, hey, I want to apologize for incorrectly reporting it. I was told by the sheriff's office that this is what happened, and it happened today. Or it was also listed in the booking report today. So I'm sorry. Like, my bad. Which, I mean, shout out, Chris. Seriously. Like, it was a... Clear mistake on his part. He was told information that was incorrect, and he reached out and he said, that's my bad. I should have either looked into it more or whatever. Perfectly done. No harm, no foul. Right? Yeah, I mean, he was already suspended for the first half because of targeting anyway, but... That's not the point. <laughs> fair. Speaking of no foul, quick note, Notre Dame was gifted a win against Cal. There was a phantom offsides on the game-winning field goal attempt that they ended up winning the game. So Notre Dame, still bad team. Needs a gift to beat Cal. Damn, that's pretty sad. Yeah, it's very sad. You want something hilarious to cheer you up? Sure. This weekend, the University of Massachusetts will be playing Liberty at Alumni Stadium in Amherst, Massachusetts. It is also UMass's pride game which is hilarious, and people got very mad at us for saying this was funny on Twitter, uh, because Liberty is an extremely homophobic university founded by a man who blamed 9-11 on the gays, the feminists, and the abortionists and said AIDS was a punishment from God for the homosexuals in the country that supports them. 
And also in the Liberty Way, which is their student code of conduct, conduct, you have to say you will not drink, you will not have premarital sex, and you will not have any relations not condoned by the Bible. And then it specifies between a man and a woman, a natural-born man and a woman, by the way. That's also because they couldn't just be homophobic. They also had to be transphobic. This just sounds like BYU with more steps. <laughs> that that's that has to keep it. I mean, you're not wrong though. You are not wrong at all. It, it's just it's bad, and people are mad at us for saying this. It's the troll job by UMass here is objectively hilarious. Absolutely. Some uh, UMass is a in a very liberal part of a liberal state, and having them do this is like a big giant middle finger. And there's nothing I love more than pissing off extremists. No, oh, it's it's incredible. And people are like, "Well, yeah, UMass is going to lose by forty. Who gives a shit? We do that going in. They." They would lose by 40 to Boston College, which is also a Christian university, but not super problematic. They're still kind of problematic, but not super problematic. And problematic in other ways, but we won't get into that here. Yeah, exactly. So you have UMass, Karen, and you want to do our week three recap? Absolutely. Since we're a bunch of fucking idiots and picked Stony Brook at UMass for one of our games last week. <laughs> When we could have done it this week. Exactly. We should have. We should have waited, but it's fine. Uh, we'll just jump into that game. Stony Brook at UMass. Uh, Kiernan picked UMass 14 to 10. I picked Stony Brook 14 to 10. UMass Damn won right. 20 to 3. So the Damn under right. hit UMass one straight up and covered because Stony Brook was the favorite. Uh, so Kiernan gets that one. Next up, number 13, Miami at number 24, A&M. Kiernan had Miami 35 to 26. I had Miami 24 to 7. A&M won, so Kiernan and I both lost. Next up, we have 22, Penn State traveling to Jordan-Hare in Auburn. Uh, Kiernan had Penn State 28 to 20. I had a little more faith in the Nittany Lions offense. I had 38-26. Penn State won 41 to 12, so I got that win. Because the over did hit and Penn State won and covered. So we're splitting hairs on that one. Oh, oh, before we go on, Kevin, I just I, I want to genuinely ask, what did you think of that game? Uh, I thought it was hilarious. Okay, apart from the hilarity and apart from Penn Auburn absolutely bottling it, like I want your genuine reaction to it. What were, were you surprised by the result? I was a little surprised. Uh, just because I, the fucking Penn State coaching staff can't figure out what Eli Manning in a wig looks like, so I'm surprised that they could figure out how to stop the Auburn Auburn offense. That's a great point. Uh, but I was a little surprised. I thought Penn State would win. Uh, obviously, I picked them, but I don't know. I I think Harson is probably gone after this year. That was an embarrassing showing. It was. Uh, next up. Our last game we picked last week, really the first one, because we're doing this backwards. Number 12, BYU at number 25, Oregon. Kiernan at BYU 32 to 24. I had BYU 35 to 14. Oregon won 41 to 20. So neither of us got that. It is currently 7 to 5. Still Kiernan. 
I butchered the spelling. I don't know how I managed to spell your name this wrong on our spreadsheet, by the way. I've known you for a decade. That's that that is my name spelled correctly. It was not. Oh, it wasn't previously. Oh yeah, okay. I just fi- I just fixed it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I just undid the fix to show you how bad it was. Let's hold on. Oh man. Oh Jesus. Yeah, Kevin. Holy I, fuck. I fucking know how that happened. Uh <laughs> <I'm> not- <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. But before we get into our week four preview, we have a new segment for you. The dog of the week. This is how we do it for the dogs! Dog of the week. We're picking one person who had a gutsy performance, a gutsy play, or just balled out in nominating them. We have one rule. We cannot pick someone from our own team. We can pick someone from the other's team, but not her own, because I'd always pick an Alabama player. This rule is more so for me. <laughs> I will go first. Uh, the the dog of the week for me this week is Sean Clifford. Oh, love the pick. Uh, first off, Penn State goes down to Auburn, fights off Auburn Jesus, causing weird shit to happen to Jordan Hare. But it was two plays that really some cemented this for me. Sean Clifford scrambles for nine yards, gets laid out by a defender. Some guys, that would make them not want to run it again. Might knock him out for a little bit. Sean Clifford goes to the line, puts his nuts on the line of scrimmage, and runs a quarterback sneak. Dog. Dog of the week. Let's see. My dog of the week... Oh, sorry, go on. My dog of the week has to be Chase Bryce for uh, throwing a game-winning Hail Mary. And Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You know, that in and of itself is amazing, but then helped the students from the student section rush the field. That is top quality fucking QB uh, attentiveness and being an absolute dog for the App State uh, Mountaineers, I think they're called, right? Uh, And I mean, A, what a win. They're on a fucking roll. I mean, this last game is close, but that is top-level dog shit. That sounds awful, top-level dog shit. That dog sounds like a negative, but we're keeping it, it, it like anyway. Negative, but we're keeping it positive. Keeping it positive, and that's your dog of the week. This is how we do it for the dogs! Love it. I just love that sound clip. Uh, partially, I saw that video. I was like, oh, we're making a segment out of this. <laughs> So we'll put some graphics up on Twitter. Let us know who your dog of the week is. Again, could be a gutsy play, a gutsy performance, or just a dude balling out. No other requirements for it. It could be a coach even. We could decide that we got a dog of the week as the head coach. We don't know. We're going to figure it out as we go. Speaking of some dogs, 
You want to talk some underdogs and pick our game four or our week four games? Let's do it. All right. Hopefully this goes a lot better than last week. First up, we got number five, Clemson at number 21, Wake Forest. Kickoff's at noon. It's at Truist Field in Winston-Salem. Clemson's a minus seven with an over-under of 55 and a half. Cannon, who do you have? I have no faith in Clemson's offensive production. Give me Wake uh, 28-21. That's fair. I also have no faith in Clemson's offensive production, and I hate picking against the cutie Sam Hartman. I think every game, Sam Hartman's a 10. They should get 10 points at their score. But I do have faith in the Clemson defense. I'm going with Clemson 20-10. All right. I'm going to call Sam Hartman cute every week. And I'm going to like end up dating someone. And they're going to listen to this podcast and be like, it, am I a beard for Kevin? Like, what, what is it with him and Sam Hartman? <laughs> Next up, number 20, Florida at number 11, Tennessee. Kickoff is at 3.30. It's at Nyland. It's a garbage truck worker convention, but it is in Knoxville, Tennessee. Tennessee's a minus 11 with an over-under of 62.5. I'm rolling with the Vols on this one. I don't think Anthony Richardson is a good quarterback. I'm going to go Tennessee 42-14. to Wow. That's a that's one hell of a scoreline there, Kevin. I I have to agree with you on this. I think Nate Robinson has Nate Robinson. The fuck am I saying? I why did I say Nate Robinson, the tiny basketball player from like the two, I, early two thousand? I have no idea. I mean, anyway, his last foray into sports was a trial for the Seattle Seahawks. So okay, so perfect. I, there's the correlation of football. You why at least I have said, a football player on your yeah. Mind. Why I said that, I have absolutely no idea. Regardless of that fact, uh. I have no faith in his, in his specific offensive output, and I don't think Florida's defense is enough to win them games. So I'm going to give the Vols the win 36-20. I think this is also the first week that you have not <laughs> waited for my pick and then gone either slightly for the over or slightly for the under. Well, look. Kevin, it's it's great minds think alike. I don't know what to tell you. We both have the score, final score being fifty six. By the way, well, there you go. I mean, what do you? What does it matter? Fair. Next up, Duke at Kansas. For some fucking reason, two undefeated teams. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. Can't wait. There's four undefeated teams in the state of North Carolina right now. It's chaos. It's pandemonium. They've never had such success. It's insane. Also, the game day game this week is Florida at Tennessee. It should be Duke at Kansas. Duke's never been featured. Kansas has never hosted. It would have been perfect. Uh, Kickoffs at noon at David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium in Lawrence. Kansas is a minus nine with an over-under of 64. I'm rolling with the Jayhawks on this one. I'm going to go Kansas 23-33 Duke 21. All right, solid pick, solid pick. I I also believe in the Jayhawks. I think they're they're definitely better than Duke uh, in terms of, like, how do I explain this? In terms of my confidence in their style of play. Uh, so I'm going to give it to Kansas uh, 
let's go with hmm i don't want to be too close to you but i also want to hit the over because i think that's actually going to happen so let's go um 38 28 and does that hit you that is the over that's 66 okay yeah i just wanted to make sure my math was right i hope my math's right yeah yeah, that's that's 66, the over under 64. Yeah. I was going to, if I couldn't figure it out for some reason, I was going to put over in parentheses. Yeah. So even if we're wrong, like you meant to go for the over. We just suck at math. <laughs> yeah. I we, work we, in we, social media and marketing. I can suck at math. You're an engineer. You have to be good at that. You'd be amazed at how shit engineers are at adding. It's because we do all the other math for so long that we're just like, how do you add 10 to 2? <laughs> that's fair. Also concerning. It our is, final game, our rattles, our memorial rattlesnake group of five. No, it's the rattlesnake memorial group of five pick. That's what it is. Our rattlesnake memorial group of five pick, James Madison at App State, featuring Dog of the Week Chase Bryce. Uh, kickoff is at three thirty at Kid Brewer Stadium in Boone, North Carolina. That hillbilly state. App State is a minus seven and a half with an over under of fifty eight. Ken, who are you rocking with? Uh, let's keep App State in there. Uh, I think they are way more of a threat than James Madison ever will be. I think the, to be honest, I think the seven and a half point spread is utterly insulting to App State. I think they're going to crush JMU. Uh, so give me App State 38, uh, 38-17. This is probably the hardest game for me this week. I think James Madison is legitimate. They're new to FBS, but I think they are still a good team and a good program. Uh, their fucking campus smells like a petting zoo. Does I've been really? there. It's Yeah, it's gross. Ugh. I toured there, and I had to get up from the hotel at like 8 o'clock in the morning, and it, like shit, smells just get trapped in the mountains. Oh, it was terrible. Also, a fucking train, like railroad tracks run through their campus, like the middle of it. I hated it. I this isn't even... Vanderbilt. <laughs> Vanderbilt actually has a nice campus. No, they do. I had James to explain Madison... to somebody. Sorry. I had to oh, explain you... to somebody that Vanderbilt was named after the Vanderbilt who built all of the railroads. And for some reason, they could not put two and two together about that. That's a sidebar that we don't even need to discuss. But I go, yeah. It's based on the guy who built the railroads. He goes, I don't know why there's so many trains there. Why the fuck do you think there are trains there? Fair. And they're the Commodores. I don't like, I do not like that. Also, Vanderbilt's new logo is disgusting. Uh, but even though I hate James Madison's campus, I did not finish the tour because I hated it that much. And I had to get up to Charlottesville. Uh, not for a protest of any kind for another college tour. Uh, I'm going to go with James Madison. I think I'm going to roll with the Dukes on this one. I just got a vibe. I'm going to go James Madison 21 to 14. You are egregious, egregiously insulting App State. I'm sorry. I don't have faith in your dog of the week. Disgusting. Yeah. It's, I don't know. They needed uh, Hail Mary to beat Troy. I think James Madison's better than Troy. To beat Texas A&M, for God's sakes. Okay. Sorry, they beat Hayes King at quarterback. Oh, no. I could pick him off. He's not a good quarterback. I don't know why Jimbo decided to start him. 
I'm just I'm I'm not gonna get into this with you. <laughs> this is it's gonna be a bullshit conversation about how Texas A&M is actually a, a front for the mafia or something like that. We're gonna get that deep into the rabbit hole. So let's just move on. Fine, we will move on to the AP poll. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. Others receiving votes this week. I have issues with the AP poll again, by the way. It it gets worse as the season goes on. Uh, Michigan State at 91, Florida State at 85, App State at 77, North Carolina at 72, Washington State at 62, Cincinnati at 52, Oregon State at 40 with 49, Minnesota with 48, Kansas with 23, Syracuse with 7, LSU with 6, and Wisco with 4. Michigan State really dropped off the face of the planet after that loss, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think that should be the way it goes kind of early season because the preseason poll is such a crapshoot. Yeah, that's true. But also, I mean, and I understand there's something to be said about competition levels, but you have App State at 77. You have UNC at 72, who's undefeated right now. You have Kansas at 23, who's also undefeated right now. But Kevin, they haven't played anyone. Now there's Michigan, and they're sitting at four. Or Ohio State. Or Ohio State, they're sitting at two. Or Alabama and there's or Ohio State's three and Alabama's play at two and they the only Power Five team they've played they almost lost to. And we're gonna give Ohio State the benefit of the doubt here because when we count games we don't count uh, a Notre Dame team that's so shit they can't even beat Marshall. Exactly. That's a it's a great point. <laughs> exactly. I'm just glad I'm going through this. Uh, Notre Dame not. Not up there, not receiving votes either. Yeah. Where they belong. <laughs> All right. 25, Miami, not of Ohio. 24, Pittsburgh. 23, Texas A&M. 22, Texas. 21, Wake Forest. I, I actually don't hate the bottom right now. I think it's kind of weird. Texas jumped up pretty high after losing to Alabama. But, yeah. I mean... They won. They're saying 22. Uh, Texas A&M. Uh, they shouldn't have been in the top 25 last week, but they did beat Miami, who was 13 ranked. Might have been overranked, but it's fine. I understand why they're here. No and issues Wake there. Wake Forest is a cutie, so move them up 10. Yes. Everything everything that Wake Forest does, 10, 10. Needs, 10 needs to be added to it. Yeah. Doesn't so Wake matter Forest, what it is. Is the 11th team in the country. Sorry, Tennessee. Yes. Uh, next up, you got number 20, Florida. Number 19, BYU. Number 18, Washington. 
Number 17, Baylor. Number 16, Ole Miss. Uh, Florida is Florida right now is the perfect example of why preseason polls are stupid. They beat an overranked Utah team, jumped up in the rankings, and now people are realizing, like, oh, they're not actually that good. Utah just was bad. Yeah. But uh, other than this, I don't hate it. Where was um Washington ranked last week? Because I don't they weren't in the AP poll last week, were they? Uh, I don't I... think they were ranked last week. Yeah. Okay. So that's quite a step up from them. I mean, they are three and oh, but like I don't know. It just it just seems like a, a big jump. Yeah. Um it, it just doesn't want to fucking load, of course. There we go. Week three. I don't believe Washington was in here. They were not. Did they receive other it's like others receiving votes or anything like that. Nope. Oh, weird. Well, go on Washington then. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I mean, Washington state received votes last week, but Washington did not. So jumping up to 18 is a bit much, but I also think, I don't know. I think the AP poll just also punishes bad conferences. Yeah. That's true. Which I mean, fair, but preseason, you can't know if a conference is going to be bad. I mean, people thought the ACC was going to be bad again last year, and it was probably one of the more entertaining conferences. Um, next up, Oregon at 15, Penn State at 14. Woo! Moving on up, Karen. Utah at 13, North Carolina State at 12, and Tennessee at 11. My only issue is, is Penn State. Uh... I think that while in this case they're ranked, I I would I would say accordingly um, could definitely be lower if if the AP poll weren't feeling so generous. But the one thing I cannot stress enough is that to these players need to not let the ranking get into their head. I have seen it for years, and probably before I even supported them, this is the same case. Do not let the ranking get into your head because you're going to face an actual opponent some uh, in two weeks' time, and I can't have you fucking up. You know, if you want to lose to Ohio State by a point, that's fine. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that, but you cannot lose to fucking Central Michigan next week or this weekend. And, you know, ugh, th- th- it gives me anxiety to see a, a number b- beside them. I... You remember the old jokes from the NFL with Jeff Fisher? Like, if he's one game below 500, he's going to win. If he's one above, he's going to lose. Yeah. I feel like that's Penn State when they're ranked between, like, if they're ranked above, probably above where they are right now, maybe like above 15, they're going to lose. If they're below 20, they're going to win. I, yeah, no, that's actually pretty accurate, I think. And that win might not get them back in the poll. They could be others receiving votes or not even receiving votes. But if they're under that, they will win. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, Next up, you got Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Kentucky at 8, USC at 7, Oklahoma at 6, and Clemson at 5. I mean... Can I say it? You can say it. Do we think that the University of Kentucky might be ranked a little too high? 
No. No? Okay. All right. Fair Not enough. extraordinarily high. Okay. Like, if they put him at 10 or 11, I would have been okay with it. They did just move up one spot last week. But, look, they went into the Swamp and won, something they haven't done in, like, That's 20 true. years. That's a good point. This is probably their best team. They had a Heisman hopeful at quarterback uh, and not had as in he did anything to get out of it, but just other guys have been playing out of their minds. So I, I do think Kentucky's ranked accurately. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't think Clemson is. I think Clemson should be lower. Yeah, I agree. Because I, their game against Georgia Tech was like, well, they covered. Yeah, they yeah they covered and won by thirty one. That's because they scored seventeen points in with like five minutes left in the game. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's a pretty bad look when you have to go to the absolute death of a game and to win. Like if if you're if you score, cover, seven, they were winning that yeah, game regardless. But right, but if you go to if you go to if you're winning by. 17 points in like the first quarter okay you have a dominant offense right and you're and you're you're showing that you know through you know insanely good uh throws and you know great protection and you know great runs like it's a it's a dominant performance and nobody really questions you but like if you have to go down to the fucking bare end to beat georgia tech uh, something something's wrong and something needs to be fixed. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's their offensive output with the likes of uh, DJ, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens from that from now on when they start playing real competition, which yeah, isn't fair. much, which is also this week. They're going to start playing real competition. Also, before we get into tough four, I just want to bring up, how does Jeff Collins still have a job? Did, did you see what Lane said about their game? this past weekend that Ole Miss won very convincingly. No, I didn't actually. So he was talking about, because they put their backup quarterback in and he's like, yeah, we would have liked to get Luke throwing a bit more, but we know what's going on in that program and on that sideline. We didn't want to embarrass them. You feel so bad that this coach is going to be fired. You don't want to be the one that causes it. And also this isn't the NFL. It's not like, Wins and losses are the only thing that matters. In the NFL, if you win every game by one point, whether it be against the Kansas City Chiefs or the Detroit Lions, guess what? You just went 17-0, and you're going into the playoffs as the number one seed. If you win every game by one point in college football, that could be the difference between a four and a five spot in playing for a national championship and playing in a New Year's Six Bowl most likely, but not a national championship. It is insane how volatile it is, the one-point difference. Yeah, 100%. Is that, is that a bad mark against – I mean, it already is a bad mark against Alabama only winning by one, but does that bode well or unwell, rather, for Alabama? Get knocked yes. down to five? <laughs> Get them out of here. They don't deserve it. Well, there's more of the season to go. I just mean at the very end of the season. Nope, that's all that matters. Texas, The Texas win by one. That's it. All right, the top four. Michigan. Ohio State at three. Alabama at two. Georgia at one. One, two, three, no problems. No problems whatsoever. Michigan is taking care of business. They have won convincingly against every team they've played. They haven't fucking played anyone. 
and I don't know who I would put ahead of them. I don't think they have they have given any reason why they should fall. But I would not be surprised in the slightest if come the end of the year. Actually, no, I'm going to change that. Not I wouldn't be surprised. This is happening. Ohio State will be in the college football playoff this, at the end of the year, and Michigan will be somewhere around 10 or 11 at best. Yep. It, it's insane that with this scheduling, you have to blow teams out, which they're doing, but it's also not preparing you. I have seen Alabama win every game by 20 points, not face any competition, and then lose the Iron Bowl or struggle in the Final Four for the College World Playoffs in the semifinals or just lose the national championship. Michigan is not winning anything the way it is constructed now with their coaching and with their scheduling. Couldn't have said it better myself, Kevin. uh, Here's the thing, and here's the thing, right? At some point in this year, I forget when it is, Michigan will have to play Ohio State. Actually, I can downgrade this. Michigan will have to play Penn State at some point. And I think it's uh, late October, early November. It's one of those two. Anyway, not important. The fact of the matter is, is they have to beat the Iowa's, the, I don't even know if they play Iowa, but they have to beat the Penn State and they have to beat Ohio State in order, and convincingly, in order to be considered genuine for the CFP. Like, they can lose to Ohio State by a point, and I'd say, okay, that's a respect. I mean, depending on how many points they give up on defense, you know, that, that's besides the point. But if they lose to Ohio State by one point, I'd say, okay, that's convincing enough loss for me to garner support for them to be in the CFP. I say, one loss Michigan team could make it in, provided they lose against somebody above them. If they lose to Penn State, if they lose to Minnesota, if they lost to Iowa, if they, you know, wherever they are in the in their schedule, they're done. They're absolutely done because you cannot lose to the teams in your conference and expect, uh, apart from Ohio State, and expect to get into the CFB. I think, honestly, if they lose to Ohio State by one, they're done. No, I, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. I, from what I've seen so far, Ohio State is so dominant in the offense and so convincingly uh, c- convinced me to to be able to stop uh, on defense that if they lose by one, I think that's good enough for them. Okay, who do you now? Who do you knock out? Ohio Sorry? State's not getting knocked out. They're going to be in the college world playoffs. Right. It's, if it's, Alabama and Georgia go into the SEC championship undefeated and one of them loses in a close game, yeah. they're both going to get in. That's what the cultural playoff has done. Right. No, I and I think I think for this year, if if Michigan only loses by one and they win all their other games so convincingly, then it will be what the top four is right now. I don't think the cultural playoff committee will do an all SEC, all Big Ten uh Cultural playoff. I, they do. The top two teams are always SEC teams. Why not put a, two Big Ten teams in there that actually could stand a chance against a Georgia or an Alabama? I'm not saying they will win. I'm not saying I haven't seen Ohio State blown out by Clemson. I'm just saying I don't think Clemson's good enough to beat an Alabama or a Georgia. And I don't. Th- and I think a one lo- a one point 
and one loss Michigan team is good enough as of right now. We'll see how the season progresses as of right now to be in the CFP losing to Ohio state. I also think Michigan is going to fall into the same trap that group of five schools will now be in. They were put in once got run off the field. So now they either have to build up goodwill or just dominate everything. But I, that's, that's no, here's the thing. That's wrong See, because here's, no, here's no, but that's wrong problem. though. No, that's wrong because Ohio state got absolutely mopped against, I, it was Clemson, right? They, they lost 31, nothing, right? That is, there's no amount of goodwill that will recover you from that. Okay. Ohio state is good because they produce good players and they produce good offense and they shut down when they need to on defense. That is why they're in the CFP year in and year out you can get mopped and still, and and you do not need goodwill uh, based on Ohio state. See, Kieran, here's your problem. Here's why you're wrong. You are approaching this logically. <laughs> you are thinking <laughs> if Michigan plays really well and only loses to Ohio State in a close, low-scoring game or like a medium-scoring game by one, they will be in. Logically, that all tracks. That all makes perfect sense. So ignore everything you said <laughs> and look at it from the college football playoffs committee where you need to have Alabama in there every year. You need to have Georgia in there when they have a really good team. You need to have Ohio State in there. They might try to put USC in there if they're undefeated to get that West Coast market. You might want to put Clemson in there to try and get an Ohio State-Clemson or an Alabama-Clemson rematch. So, you can't think logically. You got to follow the money. No, that's ridiculous. That's it. I I understand the money, the money, and no, that is a ridiculous assertion to put Clemson or you, despite them being undefeated. I don't even care if they are at the end of the season. If 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 everybody is and Michigan has one loss, they're going in. I'm not arguing who should or shouldn't be in. I'm arguing <laughs> who will and won't be. In. <laughs> okay, fine. Those are two very different things, especially <laughs> with the college football playoff. Uh, all right. Can we agree on that at least? That's fair. That's fair. I, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to argue against uh, somebody who's more logical than you are. Exactly. Don't even try. I will on not outlaw whatever the opposite of I will out a logic you all day. There you go. All day, every day. Speaking of illogical things. The Bedlam series between Oklahoma State and Oklahoma is going away. I hate how conference realignment has taken so many great rivalries. It took the backyard brawl from from us. Luckily, we're still getting the Red River shootout. Uh, But Bedlam is a really fun rivalry game. Now, look, it's not at the level of the Iron Bowl or the game. Or even Army Navy, but it's a fun rivalry game against in state rivals. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution with call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. 
With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Oklahoma is saying, no, we'll still play it. We're not, just because we're leaving the conference doesn't mean we're going to stop playing it. Oklahoma State's like, what are you talking about? We're not adjusting our entire schedule every year to play you out of conference. I'm on Oklahoma State's side on this one. Mm, Why? Because Oklahoma and Texas are clearly following the money and doing what's best for them. Agreed. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But then to turn around and blame the other school for not being able to join you in the conference or not trying to both in this instance and say it's their fault because they just won't schedule us is ridiculous. Why is it I don't ridiculous? Know. Why is it ridiculous? Because you're the reason that it's not being played anymore by leaving the conference and you're blaming the other team. Okay. Well, if if it's a matter of of playing the blame game, then yes, it's OU's fault for playing the blame the blame yeah, the blame game. But on the same token, right? If I was either school's execs, you know, football community, whatever, I would be wanting this thing to happen. And I'll I'll tell you why. Because while Oklahoma is moving to the SEC, like you said, for the money, for the prestige, whatever it is, imagine you as Oklahoma State, a state scheduling them, and, you know, they might be off to a great season and right around rivalry week, you they come to you or you go to them and you kick their teeth in and you put up 50 points, you allow 20 and you just dominate them and just go, just go, there you go. You're not that great. You're not that hot shit after all. Take, take your SEC bullshit and go home, right? That's as an OSU exec, that's what I would be looking for. I'd be looking to, to be able to, it doesn't have to be every year. It just has to be one one time every five years, five, 10 years, you'd be good. Just go in there, stomp them, or, you know, just beat them. It doesn't even matter. You don't even need to beat them that badly. And just go, you can take your SEC money and shove it because that's how you, that's how rivalry games should work. It should be petty nonsense and garbage and bragging rights until the next year. That's what it should be. You, you know, what's kind of funny about you say like every year, like every 10 years, that's it's close to that's how often Ohio, or yes. Oklahoma State wins. Yeah, 16% they, of the time they win. It's yeah, they won low. last year. They won last year, then 2014 they won, and then 2011, nice little run. Then going 2002, 2001, then 98, 97, the late 90s, early 2000s were good. 95, and then you got to go back to 1976. 
Right. So 76 to 95. But this is the 100th iteration of Bedlam this year. So it's it kind of sucks. It's going to be ending at a hundred, but it's also kind of cool. Nice little that's, round. That's number. super cool. And especially from an OSU standpoint, this is all the more reason to continue scheduling this game. And actually now that I've, I've, I've had a second to think about it, OSU has to go in there this year and absolutely crush them. Right. Say, wait, I suck at math by the way. Okay. This is the 120, 116th time. Okay, so that's completely destroyed my point. But anyway, yeah, because I suck at math. Like I said, so, so the, the last time, the last time that this will be played, they should they should go in there and give them absolutely everything, beat them, wave goodbye to them as they move to the SEC, and then every two three years schedule it. And have it like have the the hype and momentum really build, and like get the you know because every two to three years you kind of get that change. You'll you'll all the students will still have that sort of sense of rivalry, and I think that would be really fun for the sport, especially for those two schools. Uh, and I think that the 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 longer um, you separate the games actually the better because the more hype you could actually build from it. So now that I'm thinking about it, maybe two to three years, you should, should play, uh, play Bedlam again. That'd be fun. That's true. I mean, I think, I think you get away with a little bit further. Cause I mean, look at the backyard brawl. People were hyped for that this year. And it also gave people like the, Oh, I wish they play this every year. No, no, you don't. Them playing it every couple of years, like you said, makes it better. Yeah. And then you get bragging rights for like five, two, three, five years, whatever it yeah. is. Uh, but Kieran, do you want to play America's favorite game? Yes. All right, cool. So I got the Yahtzee board over here. <laughs> uh, we're going to do Who's the Idiot presented by Yeats. Head over to yeatsofficial.com, promo code tailgate for 10% off your order. Get some great sunglasses to be looking good. They have a lot of summer styles right now, but they're year-round sunglasses. You can wear them whenever you want. You can wear them at night. You can wear them in the club. It's fine. Don't wear them in the club. You'll look like a douchebag. On Get Up this week, Paul Feinbaum said, Georgia has replaced Alabama as college football's premier program. Talking about how, you know, Georgia looks so good. They have the players. Alabama doesn't. They have the, rec- the coaches. Alabama doesn't. Uh... Alabama fans are like, you're an idiot. It's been two years. Georgia fans are, of course, loving this. Kieran, who's the idiot? Is it Paul Feinbaum and Georgia fans, or is it Alabama fans? It's 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 Paul Feinbaum and, and Georgia fans uh, because they – a couple of things. First of all is consistency, okay? Alabama under Nick Saban – uh, has a record of 186 games won to 25 losses. Okay. In the same time period, uh, sorry, in the same time period, uh, Georgia has 150 wins and 49 losses. Okay. So it's respect. That's a respectable, you know, uh, yeah. win to loss ratio, right? Good record. That's a solid, very respectable record. That's 35 more games won 
in the same amount of time. That's 23 less games lost in the same time period. And if we go and list out whether Alabama has been in the playoffs or has won the national title, we have 2007, they won the Independence Bowl. Uh, in 2008, they did lose the Sugar Bowl. Sorry, Kevin. Uh, in 2009, they won the BCS. In 2010, they won the Capital One, although it wasn't for a BCS. In 2011, they won for the BCS. In 2012, they won for the BCS. In 2013, I'm sorry, Kevin, they lost uh, the Sugar Bowl. And the next year, they lost the Sugar Bowl again. Rough fucking time for you. You did go 11-2 and two and 12-2 and two in those two years. But hey, what's the big deal? Uh, in 2015, they won the college football playoff. In 2016, they lost, but did come runner-up. Uh, 2017, they won. 2018, they lost in the national championship. 2019, they won the Citrus Bowl. Uh, 2020, they won. 2021, they lost. Now, if we compare that to Georgia's record, however, they didn't win a national title in that same time period until last year. Now, they did have a few... Uh, bowl games that they won, but they didn't matter because they weren't even close to winning a national title or a BCS. So Paul Feinbaum's the idiot. Why are you saying it's the premier program? It's been two years. They've had two really good seasons. And one of them was a COVID year. So I don't even count that. And by the way, during the COVID year, Georgia lost two of their games where Alabama won all of theirs. So what do you compare? Like you're going to base what uh 11 plus years on a year and a half if you can even call it that you're obviously the idiot there's no there's not even a comparison here between who's the premier program in the cfb yeah i agree with you i um also thank you for offering your condolences whenever you had to mention an alabama uh bowl game loss I know it's it's very heartbreaking for you, Kevin. I know you don't like to relive those moments in your time in your history. And yeah, it's but the 2008 Sugar Bowl, like Alabama didn't care. They're like, oh, we're not playing for a national championship. Then fuck this. <laughs> uh, not say it makes it any better, but it it kind of not makes it better, but makes it a little bit better in hindsight. I'm also looking for a tweet, by the way, to talk about. But anyway. Um. We're going to go, I couldn't say it better than, better than Kiernan just did, but we're also going to look at, we're going to add another aspect into it. Do you know the last time Alabama went through a season? Now, the game's not played every year. The last time Alabama went through an entire season without getting a win against Georgia. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I want to say it's somewhere in the 1980s. 2007. Oh, okay, so there you go. <laughs> so Saban's first Lay year, off. they played Georgia once. Then Alabama won in 2008. Then they won in 2012 in the SEC Championship. Then they won in 2015 at Athens. Then they won in 2018 in the Cultural National Championship. Then they won in 2018 the SEC Championship. Then they won in October of 2018. 20 in Tuscaloosa. Then they won the SEC championship this year. Then they lost to Georgia, but they still got to win that season against Georgia, which is the point I'm making. Uh, not saying that an SEC championship is worth more 
than a national championship. I'm not fucking Auburn making rings that say state champions. But, yeah, no, they're not. Alabama is the standard. They always have been, not always, but since they even got there, that's what they've been. They're 42-26-4 overall against Georgia. And I saw the most asinine tweet. Someone called the SEC championship the Georgia Invitational. Oh, my God. No, fuck off. First off, Georgia fans don't have an original bone in their body because people for years have been calling the national championship the Alabama Invitational. Yeah, that's that's a load of garbage. And look, Georgia has made four SEC championships in the past five years. They won one of those. Since the SEC championship game was invented in 1992, Georgia has won it three times. That's it. They beat the 22nd ranked Arkansas Razorbacks in 2002. They beat they beat the number three ranked LSU in 2005. That's a good win. They beat the number four ranked Auburn Tigers in 2017. I don't know why well, Auburn was four that year because of the kick six and all that. But not the kick six. They just lost because the kick six was 2013. But in that same time span, Alabama has won one, 1992, the first one, 1999, 2009. So a nice uh, kind of rough little break up there where Georgia won it twice. Uh, so that's Georgia's total already, by the way. We're at 2009, and Alabama has won three. 2012, four. 2014, five. 2015, six. 2016, seven. 2018, eight. 2020, nine. 2021 10. Why are you calling the George the SEC championship the Georgia Invitational? Also, Georgia has a losing record in the SEC championship. They are three and six. They lost in 2003, 2011, 2012, 2018, 2019, and 2021. They are one of two teams with a losing record in the SEC championship game, along with Tennessee. Alabama, 10-4, 7-14 win percentage. Florida, 7-6, 538. LSU, 5-1, which is impressive. 833, and Auburn, 3-3, 500. Now, I got way off track here. Uh... I more looked at as Georgia fans are idiots, but also Paul Feinbaum's an idiot here. Absolutely. You cannot you cannot claim after a year and a half of some success that you're the premier uh, football team in this year. It, it's, it is ridiculous. If you want consistency, you go to Alabama. If you want championships, you go to Alabama. You might not win them on your first year there, but you'll win them eventually in the four years you have under Nick Saban. And even despite the dreadful play calling of Bill O'Brien this year, I think they still have it in for him. I am not even remotely as convinced with this year's Georgia offense slash defense, which is what really carried them through the whole year last year, that they're going to be as good as they were. I think that they've had cupcake opponents for the most part. And once they do face some real SEC competition, uh, Kentucky, here we go. Let's see it. Uh, <laughs> I want to, I want to see you. I want to see 42 points on the board. <laughs> uh, but once they have real competition, I don't think they're going to be they're going to be considered nearly as dominant. And Paul Feinbaum is going to eat his words within six weeks. It's going to be great. 
Yeah, I do think it's tough to grade the Georgia team so far because their defenses look great against not great competition, right. but the mm-hmm. offense does look a lot better. Even That's... last year in, against not good teams, the offense didn't look this good. But here's the thing, right? Despite, you know, Stetson Bennett, you know, getting the start and, you know. Stequavius, yes. What? Stiquavius. Oh, right, Stetson Bennett left. Sorry, my bad. Stequavius um, Bennett. Yes, Stequavius. Anyway, sorry. Um, Sorry, where was I going with this? <laughs> you cut me off with Stequavius. Uh, like, oh, something shit. about Stetson Bennett coming in last year to, like, the starting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. The, 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 the point I'm trying to make is I think – so once once we see real competition and, and conference play and we see how they stack up, their, especially their defense. I, I'm more concerned about their defense. I don't really care about their offense because their defense was so good last year. It was so good that – that's what carried them to the national championship, not the fact that you know they, they either got lucky on plays or you know passes or what you know whatever on offense. I don't really care about that. If their defense isn't as good as it was last year against conference opponents, I don't want to hear Georgia fans talking about a possible national championship. You have to shut out your opponents unequivocally in order to convince me that you're going to win. I mean, I think they can talk about national championship, but talking about how they're the premier program now is ass. Okay, fine. I'll give them that. Okay. I don't like doing it, but we'll give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Fine. But that's it for this week. Another super fun weekend of college football ahead of us. Kieran, how do you feel about Penn State? Against Central Michigan. Ah! <laughs> it gives me anxiety, Kevin. We go down the, to Auburn. We beat them convincingly. And then we have to play Central Michigan. And I'm just like, ah, oh, shit. This is the game we lose. <laughs> Fair. Alabama's playing Vanderbilt, so it's basically a group of five school. Uh, uh, uh. Don't you dare slander Vanderbilt. They're going <laughs> to do well this year. Oh, I'm I'm a slander them so much. I'm gonna start calling them slander built. Fuck off. Yeah, that was a bad joke. We're gonna edit on that. Bye. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals. So they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just gonna put that out there, just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go 8-4 this year and half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.